This is Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager, Canada's national source for the latest agronomic research, crop production, and technology trends. You've tuned in to hear conversations about relevant research, best production practices, and everything in between. Each farm is different. Every field is unique. With the Climate Field View platform, you get all the information you need about your farm to confidently make the right decisions to maximize your return on every acre. Climate Field View seamlessly collects, stores, and visualizes field data, and it's all available in one place. Start collecting the information you need to grow your next best season today. For more information, visit climatefieldview.ca or talk to your Field View dealer. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. I'm Stephanie Crowley, the Editorial Director, and I am joined today by Albert Tenuta, the Field Crop Pathologist at the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs. Albert, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for the opportunity. Always a pleasure to chat with you. So today we're going to talk a little bit about soybean cyst nematode. Um, and uh, as we get into fall, I know it still feels like summer, but fall's just around the corner. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, the pest itself and and some of the uh, implications it has on our soybean crops and, and dry bean crops and other crops too, um, and uh, maybe some of the effects and and what we can do um, in the fall season to uh, take some some samples and and uh, preventative other preventative measures. So um, let's talk a little bit about soybean cyst nematode first, Albert, and maybe you can explain a little bit about the pest um, and how it works and, uh, and, and how it shows up in a field and, and what growers should look for. Sure, absolutely. Well, soybean cyst nematode is basically a microscopic roundworm, right? It's a nematode. It's in there. It's, you know, you, you can't really see the nematode itself. You can see that the female, the male and female uh, nematodes there, but it's the female nematode that forms those cysts. And that you can see with your eyes. Um, but just remember, they're extremely small, about the size of a pinhead, uh, period in a sentence, and, or that, that size. So very small. And, and, and there as well. So the nematode itself, the, the damage occurs from, you know, just its ability to want to survive. And so as the, the cyst develops, it's feeding itself at the same time, it's uh, taking the nutrients and other resources away from the plant. If the plant is able to manage both the requirements of the nematode and its own, the impact will be very minimal. And that's why soybean cyst nematode is often called the hidden yield robber, because, you know, you may not see those visual symptoms. And by visual symptoms, I'm talking above ground symptoms, in terms of stunted plants, yellow plants, plants that may have uh, like potassium type deficiencies, yellow leaf margins, uh, the plants could resemble herbicide um, injury, uh, browning, death of those plants, often in pockets as well. And so those symptoms are not exclusive to soybean cyst nematode. It can be, you know, to herbicide injury, to, to soil conditions, fertility, etc. So it's important to not base your, your scouting or your assessment in that field on those visual symptoms. You need to get in there and dig up those plants and look for those beautiful small white to yellow cysts on the roots. And that's where the damage comes, says that plant's not able to meet its own requirements because of the cyst nematodes, you start finding the yield losses ultimately attributed to, you know, less flowers, uh, poor pod set, fewer seeds per pod, smaller seed size. So all of these contribute to ultimately that impact on yield. 
Right. So the name is a little bit deceiving because soybean cyst nematode obviously appears in other crops as well. Um, I know it's been known to show up in dry beans. Are there any other um, crops that growers should watch for? Um, does it does it travel well? Oh, it travels extremely well. Anywhere where soybeans have gone, it's traveled. And that's the, the one thing about soybean cyst nematode. It travels with uh, any means by which you can move soil. Mm-hmm. And, and that, so both in terms of natural, whether it's wind erosion, water erosion, et cetera, or, you know, we can help it move around as well on equipment and that. And as you mentioned, soybeans and dry beans would be the primary uh, crops for, for Ontario and, and for, for most of the, the U.S. And, and Canada as well. It is a destructive disease. It can cause substantial losses, but the good news is that its host range is more limited than say something like sclerotinia or white mold that can impact many, many crops. Uh, So for most producers, if you're in a corn, soybean, wheat type rotation, um, you're you're only concerned with the soybeans or if you've got dry beans in in that rotation. So you've Mm -hmm. got to remember that soybeans equal dry beans in that. So you want to you know, keep those separated. And we'll talk, we can talk about rotation effects uh, a little later uh, on that as well. Great. Has there been a lot of uh, soybean cyst nematode pressure so far this year? Have you heard much uh, from growers in your area or just around the province or elsewhere? Yeah. So, you know, SCN is an issue every year in infested fields, right? The question becomes to what degree will the problem be? You know, seasons right. or if the growing conditions have few stresses, it's a high yield um, environment, the impact could be less compared to a stress season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this year, just like other years, um, we can find these conditions somewhere in the province or in many cases occur in a same in the field um, at different times during the season. So for example, Many of the fields that we're dealing with in, in southwestern Ontario, the frequent rains, the wet conditions, which started very early in, in the season, may have slowed the initial SCN development. Mm-hmm. Um, but as conditions dried um, somewhat, it depends on where you are, mm-hmm. somewhat, SCN has caught up and became noticeable. A good example is in our fields where we do uh, many different uh, seed treatment uh nematicide trials and other SCN management trials there, assessing varieties, et cetera, as well. We delayed our first assessments that normally would be about 30 to 35 days after planting. We delayed those by two weeks or more. Oh, wow. So it was slow to develop. But again, as things have dried up a bit, um, thing, uh, the nematodes have, have caught up. And uh, unfortunately, with the rains that we've started to see and in, in particular in the Southwest, uh, where we have sun death syndrome as well, mm-hmm. with those rains in the you know the late July, early August, and now into uh, mid August, and will continue throughout August, uh, right up to the crop, we started to see sun death syndrome coming in, mm-hmm. and so so you know where you've got SCN, you end up with SDS as well, so they're almost a a package. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that you mentioned all you know the rain definitely has. Uh, um, hit many parts of Ontario. I'm also in kind of the southwestern Ontario area, uh, where you know there's been drawbacks and benefits to it. This is maybe one of the benefits where it slows it a little bit, but um, doesn't mean that it we can you know we're not out of the woods with it yet. So uh, it's good to to be mindful of that um, as we move towards the fall. Yeah, and you mentioned you know where else is it, and so in terms of where is 
nematode, as you'd mentioned, you know, the mm-hmm. Southwest. Um, mm-hmm. So SCN in Ontario, you know, we can find it from Windsor to Ottawa. Yeah. Um, it's also, you know, um, a few years ago into Quebec and just most recently also into Manitoba. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you grow soybeans, cyst nematode will follow. And yeah. it's important to plan for SCN every year since it will impact you one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you did mention, it was a really great point that I think we need to stress too, is if you have SCN, you'll see SDS. Um, and, and those are kind of just two um, problems that go hand in hand. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And in many cases, you may see the SDS before you see the soybeans as nematodes. So if you mm-hmm. see any of those typical sun death syndrome symptoms, and those are those, you know, those leaves that start to um, turn, get yellow chlorotic spots, you know, you start seeing more and more yellowing between the veins, we call that intervenochlorosis, and then mm-hmm. it becomes necrotic or brown dead tissue, and mm-hmm. that tissue will disintegrate. And then often what you'll see is from the top down, those uh, leaves will fall off. The mm-hmm. petioles will stay on. And that may be in many cases, that's the first symptom that, that growers will see is that SDS. And then they connect it with a soybean cyst nematode. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Because there's those are obviously the more visual symptoms compared to maybe a, a small little nematode that you might not see um, yeah. With, yeah. Your, with the naked eye. Yeah. And by the time you start seeing those visual symptoms, you know, we often, or I'll tell my guys mostly is that you're probably losing 25 to 30% yield at that point. So you don't want to see the visual symptoms. You Mm -hmm. want to, the the whole plan of an integrated SEN management plan is to avoid those symptoms altogether because it will be less painful. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into that a little bit more because, you know, our goal always with these uh, interviews is to make sure that we've got practical advice for growers who are listening. So um, let's talk about a little bit about the different components of a management plan for SCN. Um, and I know there's a lot of different options here. Um, you know, we, we there, there are seeds with resistant traits, there are rotations. Um, you've talked about seed treatments a little bit, and maybe you can expand on some of those different uh, uh, components of the management plan, uh, an ideal management plan, I should say. Yeah. So, so ideally when it comes to managing soybean cyst nematode, you want to take that integrated approach, as I as I mentioned earlier on. And so the key there, it all starts with uh, the the use of uh, soybean cyst highly resistant or highly tolerant SCN resistant varieties, good resistant varieties. Mm-hmm. The majority of those um, it, for for most of your producers and your your viewers or listeners are going to be the PI eight eight seven eight eight source of resistance. That accounts for about ninety five percent of our varieties out there that that have SCN tolerance or resistance. The other are are the Peking source as well. It's important to start off with that because you know it, it helps in terms of reducing both the yield impact, but more importantly, it helps reduce the reproduction of the nematodes on the roots, which ultimately the goal is to reduce what the buildup of the nematode population over time. And then the resistant varieties will help you also potentially reduce those numbers or at least keep them stable. Mm-hmm. And, and with that, of course, if you depend strictly on resistant varieties and growing the same variety over over time and in multiple years, what we've seen is uh, particularly started off in the in the Midwest US, we're starting to see that in Ontario now, is that the nematode is smart 
and uh, it's been able to adapt to the 88788 source of resistance. So in many cases, you know, around my area here um, in Southwest and in many other uh, pockets, we're starting to see um, nematode populations and the damage even on resistant varieties with the 88788 that equals what a susceptible soybean variety looked like 20 years ago. Right. And so those, right. those, those benefits, all those, just think of all those benefits we gained in terms of getting that 50% yield back. Mm-hmm. Now we're giving back 20 to 30% or more oh, back dear. to the nematode. And yeah. so it's important to utilize those resistant varieties, but rotate those sources, the 88788, the Peking. But ultimately, if it, when it comes to the resistant varieties, don't use the same one over and over again. Rotate that as you do, you rotate your crops with say corn, non-host crops, so corn, wheat in those rotations. You mentioned, you know, we have some new seed treatment nematicides that, that we've been looking at and mm-hmm. others, and, and those have started to uh, get registration um, in, in Canada. They can help us in both, uh, some of them have um, efficacy against or work against both cystematode and SDS. They don't control or eliminate, but they can help reduce uh, the impact of, of soybean cyst nematode. And again, it's it's all about the numbers and trying to reduce reduce those numbers um, when it comes to uh, to soybean cyst nematode. And then mm-hmm. ultimately, the goal is also to know what's going on. So you've got to take a sample, right? You got to be yeah. out there. So right now, you know, as we're approaching, you know, the end of August, you're going into September. You, you're going to be doing a pre-harvest assessment, right? Check out your fields, which you probably have been doing already. But when you, you're out there, get out there and, and plan ahead to, to start taking a soil sample and, yeah. and, and scouting your soybeans as yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, I think that's why this is an especially timely topic right now, as you mentioned, we're, we're preparing for harvest and looking ahead. And, and so fall is a good time to sample for the systematode. And, and I was hoping you could explain a little bit of the proper steps to do this. Um, how should growers accurately test and what tools are needed? Um, where should they send the samples? How to analyze, you know, the results? Sure. No, absolutely. And uh, one thing, just to be clear here, you know, as we get into this whole discussion around testing and sampling and all that, and I just talked about the benefits of those resistant varieties, and so managing soybeans as nematode involves more than just planting those SEN varieties, right? right. Everything we've just talked about. Right. So we need to know your numbers. And the only way to know what's going on in the field is to, to take that soil sample mm-hmm. and, and that. So um, uh, the key there is, you know, what's the purpose uh, for those new areas or, or, or for growers um, or consultants that maybe aren't sure if that field has soybean cyst nematode, the whole purpose there is to find out if it is present, right? right. And so you can take that soil sample, um, dig up those roots, first of all, look at them for soybean cyst nematode. So it's a two-pronged approach. If, the, if, if you're in field or in season and, and soybeans are there, always start with the roots, see if you find them. Do that a couple times over the season because the populations could change mm-hmm. um, on there, and then take that soil sample as well. And so that can be done anytime from as long as you can get a probe in the ground, a shovel in the ground, you can do that anytime to determine if if you have soybean cyst nematode or not. Do not pull. Do not pull because you end up leaving all the roots behind. Dig up those plants with a shovel and and examine the at those roots. Okay. For those that are trying to use it for 
uh, management, uh, for knowing your numbers, um, that, that, that's different in that regards. And you're often gonna be looking at um, you know, the when to sample, fall, if it's a non-host crop, for instance. So if you're mm -hmm. in corn or wheat or so, um, fall, if you're in soybean stubble. So after that, again, if you're not, if you weren't able to do that and you're planning on soybeans and, you know, maybe the markets are changing, you're trying to take advantage of prices or something's happened or you've got some new ground there um, and you're planning to put soybeans in, but you haven't tested, you can still do it before the crop is planted. Mm, so, right. so you can do that in the spring. And like I said, if it's just um, for scouting purposes and for detecting cyst nematode, you can do that anytime during the season. Um, if you're taking a soil probe, um, you know, if you've got soybean stubble or if the soybean crop is still there, you do want to take that sample through the root zone okay. so that, so that way you're catching some of those fine roots. And that's where the cyst nematode is going to be developing the most during that season for that buildup. And so those fall samples, early spring samples will give you a better understanding of the full development that, that year, which your that final numbers are. Yeah, you need a baseline, right? You need somewhere to start and then and track uh, the progression of it. Yeah. yeah, and so you know the other question often becomes, well, how many how many samples? Or how how big do I have to go mm -hmm. uh, with this? You know, if the minimum, if you just want to know, like even you have a fifty acre field, even taking one sam you know, a sample across uh, the field as if you were, you know, as you were doing a soil fertility sample that is better than nothing, right? At least it gives you an idea. Um, it may not catch the low numbers mm -hmm. uh, if you've got a field that's just starting to build up. Mm -hmm. But if you've got one where the numbers have started to, to build up into say that one to 2000 um, cis per 100 grams of soil or 100 cc's of soil, you know, that'll catch it. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, the more the better, right? So if you can right. break them down into 10 or 20, 25 acre units. So if you have a hundred acre farm or so, and you can break that into four different quadrants, that that's ideal. Um, and again, just as a soil fertility sample, you take a zigzag pattern to, to do that sample and take, you know, 20 to, to 40 cores in there, ideally, if you could. Again, just like a soil fertility sample. One of the really good things, most growers don't even have to take it because you can get your consultant to take the fertility sample <laughs> and at the same time just say, hey, split that up for me and yeah. uh, I'll take an SCN one. So, yeah. you know, less effort, the better sometimes. Eh? Yeah. And that, you know, the other side is, you know, we have those fields that maybe have, um, you know, waterways or right. hillsides or outcrops or other things and, and, and that as well. So you can break those up into zones as well. Mm -hmm. um, so you can, again, you know, think of those logical areas, those man management zones that many are talking about as well. So if you've got a high management or high yield versus low, you know, you can break those up as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, so match your management uh, process there. And again, if you're trying to find out where the worst spots are in your field or what the highest numbers are, again, you can take those cores at or sample out of those high risk areas of the field. So where maybe you've first seen cyst nematode, and those are going to be those field entryways. There'll be those compacted areas, um, areas maybe where the low areas of the field that tend to be uh, flooded, um, maybe um, also, you know, those knolls that have been stressed over time. You know, so there might be some fertility problems and or other things. So those are some of the targeted areas or those areas where you're, you maybe get 
I mentioned those low yield uh, zones or so, um, you know, those consistently low yielding areas of the field. And that, again, I missed that. That is probably one of the most important symptoms that often goes um, misdiagnosed or, or not even thought about is those areas, if you're seeing your yield declining mm-hmm. overall okay. or in certain parts of the field, then that's an indication that something's going on. It could right. be cystic nematode, it could be something else, right? right. So you got to investigate it. And ultimately, right. you know, whether you're doing it or, 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 or your consultant's helping you with it or, or prop, you know, CCA or so, as you go down your little checklist of all the potential issues that could be occurring and, and what you want to manage, please put soybean cyst nematode on that list. That's all great advice. That's excellent, Albert. Thanks. Um, and so once you've got the soil sample and you mentioned that, especially in the fall, if you've got an, your agronomist taking a soil sample for you um, and you can divide that up and, and uh, test for uh, SCN as well, um, is there somewhere specific that they can send the, the soil or, or where do we go after yeah. that point? Yeah. So check, you know, first of all, if, uh, if you're doing a soil fertility sample, check with that, the lab who's doing that. In many cases, like in Ontario, we have uh, at least four different labs uh, that, that can, can process uh, SCN um, there. And so we have both private as well as public labs that uh, can, can do it. So check with uh, um, a, your, your normal soil testing uh, lab there, but also check with your university lab or, or so as well. So like for instance, for, for Ontario, we have a number of the soil labs that will do it, but we also have the University of Guelph Pest Diagnostic Clinic that will too. The important part is to, to as, as we're going into harvest in there, take those notes, know what you're doing and, and, um, and, and plan for the future. That'll give you an assessment um, there as well. And then the ultimately, the, the other important aspect of the cyst nematode um, soil test results is that it gives you a good understanding of how well your management is working as well. So for instance, um, you get those test results back and, you know, what do they mean? If, if your numbers are, you know, say, you know, it depends on, so if you're on the, the sand soils or, or clay soils, you know, our numbers are there about a, a thousand to maybe 2000 um, cis per, or eggs per hundred grams of soil or so. So okay. those would be on that, that, that concerning part where we're right. starting to get into that, those higher yield loss potentials or more damage. So if you're in that thousand to five thousand uh range then you're into that you know we call that 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 yellow zone right and then mm-hmm. if you start getting into five thousand to ten thousand and above then you're in the red right those mm-hmm. numbers are going to be those those populations will be harder to to manage but the the benefit of the soil test results is that it tells you um how effective your management is your integrated scn management program working so if you're a first-time soil sample sample, that's your benchmark, right? If mm-hmm. you're at a thousand, that's your benchmark. If you are uh, a long-term soybean cyst nematode, um, you know, it's good to say, yeah, I gotta be careful what I say that, but if you've had soybean <laughs> cyst nematode for, for a long time in, in your field and you're part of that club, then, you know, every time you take a soil sample and you get those numbers, you can judge how effective your management is. So if you were at 5,000 eggs and now you're at 2000, then you know your resistant varieties, your rotation, what you're doing is working effectively. If you're still at those same 
exact numbers, that's okay too, because these aren't precise either, right? You can, mm-hmm. we can be off by a thousand, fifteen hundred or so. So it's a range in many cases. Again, the more samples you pull, the better the results can be. But if you start going, if you find that you're doubled your numbers or even higher than that, then that means something's going on. And what's going on most likely in your field is that you've got this adapted population to that 88788. And that's when the big red flag comes out. Right. Um, because then your 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 options become less. And as I said, with, with the Peking source of resistance, we have populations of cyst nematode in, in most fields that also can take down Peking. Mm-hmm. So don't think of these SCN populations as uniform. You've got one population in that field. This is a smorgasbord. It's yeah. a it's a it's a mix of of populations or different soybean cyst nematode types, and and that's the important thing is to to manage those. So if your numbers are stable or going low, keep it up and keep pulling those soil samples every four to six years. Um, if if you see those numbers changing drastically or going up then talk to your consultant, you know, talk to your seed dealer, give us a call um, and, and try to figure out what's the next step. Utilize those seed treatments as well. Anything that you can to, to minimize them. And maybe that means pulling out of soybeans for a couple of years mm-hmm. or so. We don't mm-hmm. see a benefit of, of going out of soybeans from a soybean cyst nematode population management past that two years outside the rotation. So okay. that's something else to keep in mind. Remember every year, as soybean cyst nematode will be there. It's not going to eliminate the best plan of attack is to manage it. It will keep money in the bank and you'll sleep a lot better. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, that's excellent. Thanks so much, Albert. Is there uh, anywhere, any resources you'd like to point growers to uh, for more information if they're, if they're looking for it? Yeah, absolutely. One, we've been working with um, my U.S. colleagues and um, a great resource for all of the soybean cyst nematode information is the scncoalition.com. So the soybean cyst nematode coalition, which takes into account both um, Ontario, Canada, as well as the U.S. It's a one-stop shopping for soybean cyst nematode, as well as um, the Ontario soybean performance trials. You know, the varieties are there. They're, you know, they're, they're source of resistance as well. And that, and again, visit and talk to your seed dealers, your seed um, companies, and your seed treatment uh, providers, as well as your CCAs and CEU, uh, CCA members and consultants. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Albert. Always pleasure to uh, speak with you, and uh, we appreciate all the information you've shared with us today. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for tuning in to Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. To catch up on all of our other episodes, visit topcropmanager.com slash podcasts.